0: And welcome to Conversations Unlocked, the Unicredit podcast and your gateway to industry insights. I am your host, Twyla Doon, and together we will hear from leading experts from Unicredit and beyond on how they navigate challenges and their tips for unlocking success. Handing us the keys this week are Janine Hurt and Remo Tarricani. Janine Hurt is CEO of Innovate Finance, the industry body representing the UK's fintech sector. Remo is Deputy Head of Italy for Unicredit. He has held multiple roles during his 16 years with the bank, developing a 360 degree understanding of the bank both in terms of commercial and client activities and of operating functions. Janine and Remo, thank you so much for joining us for Conversations Unlocked. Throughout this series, we have discussed the challenges facing Europe's financial sector and what institutions such as Unicredit are doing to overcome them. As we conclude this series, we want to consider what will the next generation of banking look like and how will all of us keep up with digital advances to make sure banks can still serve us whilst also staying up to date with innovation. So Innovate Finance has built a community with an abundance of leading financial institutions and names from the fintech world. Janine, from your experience, what is the most exciting thing
1: in the future of banking right now? I think there are so many areas that we're seeing innovation that are truly exciting. Um, I think there's really two different angles here, because the first is on the B2B side, where we're seeing fintechs really embrace these emerging technologies like artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain technology, embedded finance, and that's absolutely transforming how businesses work. It's increasing efficiency, it's decreasing cost, and really enabling that to be passed on to the end consumer. The other angle is specifically how fintechs are absolutely transforming financial services for the end consumer directly. So making it more democratic, making it more inclusive, We are sitting on one of the biggest cost of living crises that we've seen for decades Uh, and fintechs are playing an absolutely critical role in helping both individuals and SMEs better manage their money and better understand their money and make their money work for them. So this focus back on the consumer at the center of the proposition, I think, is what is really exciting me the most.
0: This period of change is actually very exciting for new innovators because it does mean that progress can be made. Something, though, that I think is really interesting and and innovate finance has at its heart is obviously being part of a community is so important to really build resilience as small businesses and SMEs. So why is it important to create communities for innovators as Innovate
1: Finance has done, particularly in the environment that we're facing at this time? I think there's a couple of reasons, really. I mean, the first is that you always learn from others that have either gone before you or are also doing what you're doing at the moment. So being able to bring those entrepreneurs together to have a safe space for them to share their challenges, to share the obstacles that they need to overcome, but also to learn from one another is incredibly helpful. And that's the feedback we get. But it also helps to mobilize a community to drive change and drive the key changes that are necessary to create an environment here in the UK that we can continue seeing fintech and innovation thriving. Uh, we believe that it's absolutely necessary to bring not only industry along in this journey, but to bring Government and regulators to create an area where these innovations and these new technologies can benefit the entirety of the UK. We also have the large financial services institutions at the table. So many of your big banks, such as JP Morgan, uh, Barclays, Lloyd, Santander. And we also bring the large techs, including Amazon and Google and Meta, because ultimately, financial services as a whole is shifting and in the future will be paved by all of these different players coming together and really seeing that change happen.
0: So it's about having the having the table to put people around in order to have the conversation which is really important. And I suppose a large part of communities like yourselves is about helping each other overcome barriers and as we've said this this is a landscape where a lot of barriers are arising, what would you say are the barriers to effective innovation
1: that banks and fintechs encounter typically at this moment in time? So there is definitely a conversation to be had about making sure that regulation is moving at a pace where it's keeping up with the new technology that we see. Um, fintechs on the whole actually do not want deregulation. They want effective regulation, they want quick regulation, and they want regulation that now allows individuals and SMEs to take advantage of the innovations. So part of what we try and do is work directly with the regulators, including the FCA and the PRA, so that at the end of the day, we can enable these technologies uh, to thrive, but also protect the consumer as well. I think we also here in the UK would like to drive further investment into our ecosystem, So we are second in the world behind the United States in terms of investment into fintech, but a majority of that investment is coming from abroad. And so we would like to drive greater domestic investment, greater institutional investment. And we also need to make sure that we're supporting early stage fintechs as well, uh, that they have an environment here around things like EIS and SEIS and different government incentives to make sure that the UK is a home for fintechs and the best place to start scale and grow a business.
0: I know, Remo, that recently the CEO of Unicredit, Andrea, um, defined Unicredit's objective to be the bank for Europe's future and a bank that supports innovation, such as its recent um, investments in venture capital to support Italy's startup ecosystem. So very similar work to to what Janine and the world that Janine works in. So can you tell me a bit more, Remo, about what it means for Unicredit to be the bank for Europe's future and for people who don't necessarily know that objective, what does it mean for your bank? Uh,
2: yes, you're right. Uh, Unicredit is the bank for euro's future. And fundamentally, we aim to be a new benchmark for the banking industry in terms of uh, financial KPIs like uh, revenues and risk-weighted assets, uh, cost income, return on allocated capital, but also culture and purpose approach. Uh, we started to put the customer at the center of everything we do and offer them the best in class product, tailor made solution and advice. Uh, and now we are, uh, working on an easy, simple banking with the, uh, re-empowered commercial network in the front line, which is driving excellent results. And we do believe in number one, having a, a shared purpose for the bank, stakeholders, customer and communities. Number two, empowering communities to progress. And number three is more important leading by example to support our customer in a just and fair transition, uh, exceeding our ESG targets and related commitments.
0: You talk about empowering communities to progress. And I think, Janine, you would agree um, on that principle is very important. And I know you've recently launched Unicredit per Italia to support Italian individuals and SMEs to take um, just one recent example. So how is Unicredit balancing its purpose with its ambition to innovate while offering an effective service to all its customers regardless of their ages and generations. Because I suppose one of the really important things is that actually the innovation that we see and we're all very excited by is often sometimes quite a daunting process to have to go to with um, potentially older generations or people who are just less involved in tech, the tech space. Um, So how do you ensure that your ambition and your purpose is married?
2: Uh, yes, you're right, because when you're designing this new solution, you have to be aware that uh, you need to satisfy all the customers you have. So basically, we are uh, been working uh, in redesigning uh, the overall customer experience uh, with a seamless uh, online customer service uh, uh, across uh, all our channels, uh, setting the foundation for a new approach to do business with our clients. Um, in, increasing productivity, but at the same way, uh, streamlining how we are working uh, and uh, we serve our customer. And within this service model, this is, doesn't mean that uh, branch will not be useful anymore in the future. Ba- branches are still fundamental uh, and remain key in our way of serving customer. But uh, fundamental is the fact that the customer is choosing the way it's going to interact with us, and we need to be able to serve with a fully omnichannel experience.
0: Janine, I'd be interested to know if you had a viewpoint on that and how, um, obviously, this new and really exciting emerging landscape, how you can keep the general public up and on side with these innovations as well.
1: I think there's a role here for educating the consumer as well in terms of the benefits. Um, and we talk a lot about data, data privacy and open banking, for example, in terms of the positive impact. Um, and for consumers, you know, it's understandable that they want to, for example, protect their data. But there is really an opportunity for them to see the benefits of utilizing some of these tools. So we believe at Innovate Finance that we as an industry have responsibility to educate. Uh, and showcase some of those positive benefits with engaging with this technology as well.
0: Remo, on the subject of open banking, I know that there is a fear amongst the general population of data security. And as Janine says, it is about education. But do you have a viewpoint on how we approach people with reservations like this while making sure no one gets left behind in the innovation space? we are
2: basically not forcing customer to go exclusively digital so uh, they can choose the, uh, as i said before to interact with the bank uh, with the channel they want to ensure them a uh, uh, seamless experience on all the channel they use and the same service quality which is even more important on how they decide to interact with us uh, even if they book an appointment with the branch they want an advisory with the contact center or they want to interact with us directly Uh, uh, via mobile. And it's for this reason, we just launched many initiatives in terms of uh, uh, digital education of our customer, where we engage also our people in branches to have session with the clients, to interact with them, for example, to onboard them in the mobile application and to explain them uh, how better is the interaction with the bank uh, with this uh, uh, digital channel, because you can save time uh, you can increase also the security at the end of the game you are served better as a customer
0: so it's really i suppose about presenting the customers with more options. And I suppose that is exactly, Janine, why you have communities such as Innovate Finance. Interesting talking of more options, something that was in in most of the news headlines around the UK is this whole idea of the digital pound and digital currencies as a whole. I know European Central Bank is investigating the possibility of this. And in China, obviously, the digital one um, has already been distributed for consumer and commercial use. So can I ask you both your opinions on digital currencies and what you envisage it happening if they were introduced in Britain
1: and Europe? We were really pleased to see very recently some of the announcements uh, coming out of government. I think, as you you referenced, the debate on CBDCs has been uh, very strong over the past year. I think it's also shifted because previously we talked a lot about wholesale CBDC and now retail is very much on the agenda. Um, We know in Europe, as you referenced, the European Central Bank is forging ahead and they've been taking retail CBDC and a digital euro Very, very seriously. You know, the shift towards retail has also happened alongside a shift by the incumbent banks in terms of their approach, which is a good movement for the industry. Um, I think one of the issues that we see in terms of CBDC more broadly is who will be allowed to distribute that in both the UK and the EU and the US, I should say. So I think there is a risk from a FinTech perspective that some of the central banks will choose to only authorize the big banks and will therefore prevent some of the smaller innovators from entering the distribution market. And we of course think it's absolutely essential that for innovation, that distribution is as diverse as possible and it allows for a variety of wallet providers and innovators. Remo, could you touch on that for me?
2: We are, uh, of course, cooperating with the ECB because I think it will be an important step, uh, especially in Italy. Of course, you need to uh, redesign together what is going to be the user experience. Uh, payments uh, uh, for many years are... Uh, was conceived as a commodity and no one was thinking about the user experience. And now we have many fintech and banks that are uh, restructuring, re- uh, redesigning completely the user experience. We don't have to confuse this uh, with uh, cryptocurrency and many times, uh, customer are confusing a little bit the to project where the game is completely different. And of course, as a bank, we, we do not recommend today our customer to buy, sell or to do brokerage of cryptocurrency, given the potential embedded risk we see in this specific tool.
0: It is interesting that nuance between sort of the um, digital currencies that are Regulated by the banks and institutions, but um, cryptocurrency as well as a as a general sector. So this will bring us onto our vox pop question. I think quite nicely. Each week we ask a member of UniCredit to join us in asking our experts questions. So over to you.
2: Hello, my name is Sinisa Adamovic, Currently working in risk integration, planning and reporting in UniCredit Bank Banja Luka, Bosnia and Herzegovina. And my question is. What are the merits for banks using blockchain?
0: Remo, can I start with you?
2: probably Properties was one of the first banks in Europe uh, to complete a transaction with uh, blockchain technology a few years ago. So we do believe in this, this technology. And uh, we do believe that uh, this technology can uh, uh, redefine customer experience across the banking Uh, business model. So we are uh, investing on it. We are uh, looking forward to um, set up some new product or initiative on distributed ledger technology. And the GEC of the bank, the executive committee, is strongly committed to deploy and implement this technology in new business initiative.
1: Janine? Yeah, I think there are so many benefits in terms of using blockchain, and we're excited because we are starting to see some of the heritage financial institutions really moving ahead with the benefits of this new technology. I think you know there's everything from increased transparency to you see a reduced counterparty risk as well. Um, There's a benefit of instant settlements being an opportunity using the technology too. And then if you think about the crisis where we're in, it means there are some, of course, additional solutions that been can be created using blockchain technology, but you also see really a reduction in error handling, in risk uh, and in reconciliation as well.
0: It's really nice to hear a positive conversation in this environment that we're facing. So thank you both. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation because it's been very forward-looking but also um really enlightening to feel like actually innovation is producing more options and also you will be brought along with it. So As our final question, um, each series, we ask all of our guests for their best piece of advice and their key for unlocking success. So Janine and Remo, in one sentence, if you could please share with us your key for unlocking success, I'd be most grateful. So shall we go Remo first?
2: Working together, always challenging the limits in the right way and uh, adopting a winning mindset.
1: I don't have too much to add. I think, you know, I'm building off on of the mindset. I think looking at obstacles as opportunities really is one of the keys. But I think you said it perfectly there. So, <laughs> well, thank you.
0: And I, I do think that that is a wonderful note to end the series on because we really have looked throughout this whole series at the problems facing Europe. And if we can see those problems as opportunities, then actually that's where we can start solving these issues and um, finding innovative ways of changing the future of both the fintech environment and also hopefully Europe as a whole um, together. So thank you both so much. I've so enjoyed our conversation and learned a huge amount. And I really hope that we can um, talk to you again.
2: Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you so much.